You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. It's Nick Wilson, Spencer German here. It is time for Sons of the Shoe, the Michigan postgame edition. And we've already got the comments rolling in, which we'll get to, but you can submit your comments on here or at Nick Wilson says or at Spencito underscore on Twitter. And it is an Ohio State loss, 34 to 20. And listen, whether you want to go ahead and say this is on Ryan Day because he's the guy that handpicked Kyle McCord, whether you wanted to pick, um, whether you wanted to pick this and put this on Ryan Day because I don't know. He chose to go for three, which ended up uh, going wide left at the end of the first half with 45 seconds to go and ticked down 42. Whatever it is, today is on Ryan Day, and considering that you had multiple chances to take this game or at least swing the balance of power in your favor, what an inc- it was a great game. It should be said it was an all-time game, but an, a couple all-time boners by Ryan Day in this one. Yeah, um, I, th- I mean, we got to start with that harsh reality of that conversation, unfortunately. First of all, I do want to toot my own horn here for a second because I almost just about nailed the score prediction. I, th- I think I said I said 31-24 and the final – 31-27 and the final score was 30-24. to I was close. I was very, pick very your, close. Pick your spots. I don't think this is the right time. <laughs> I don't think anyone in the comments is going to be like, ah, good for you, buddy. This Woo, is the right – Listen, I'm trying to get the positive in early because I know the rest of the show is just going to be a Ryan Day roast fest. So, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm I, honestly, Nick, I'm at a place right now with Ryan Day where if they decided to move on from him, I would be okay with it. But I'm also not sure it's going to happen in reality because, again, there's – it's, it's the context of it. That That's the thing that's on my mind is the context of the situation where you got Gene Smith leaving and you got all these other factors built in. The fact that he kept it closer than last year. Like, I think all these things are going to weigh on whether or not they move on from Ryan Day. And I think realistically, they probably don't. But if Texas A&M, if, if he were to take the Texas A&M job and that would be a thing that happened, I don't know. Like, it, you know, it's funny. I'm going to use this comparison because there was times throughout the day where you could have pulled like a Scooby-Doo rip off Ryan Day's mask. And it was actually James Franklin on the sideline coaching. <laughs> Cause I was like, there was moments, Nick, where I was thinking about having this conversation with you. And I was like, dude, is that James Franklin? Who's puckered up on the sideline coaching this team? Or is that Ryan Day? Cause Ryan Day last year after the Michigan game promised going into the Georgia game, you know what? I'm not going to coach conservatively anymore. And then what did he do? He coached conservatively, conservatively, mostly in the first half, mostly at the end of the half in that sequence where he set up for a field goal absolutely ridiculous that he reverted back to his old ways and then in the end like yeah the second half was better and I actually tip my cap to him a little bit because some of those drives that they scored touchdowns on in that game in the second half great play calling he drew it up perfectly and I can't put it fully on him in that half especially not the last drive when combo court throws an interception that's not his fault but man there were moments where it felt like I was watching a Penn State game because it just felt like big moment and he he puckered up and he, and he lost his mojo, and he just didn't have it in those key situations, and that's where they lose this game partially. I, I, if, if Texas A&M were to call up and they were to say, hey, we're gonna t- we want Ryan Day, we're going to give you this much money, and he comes to the table, I, I say James Franklin because James Franklin's the one who floated out that he had interest from all these other jobs, and that's how he got an extension at, at Penn State. If, they, if, if that were to happen and he were to be like, hey, Texas A&M wants me, you guys going to pay up? 
I might let him walk if I'm Ohio State. I don't know that I would just be like, yeah, we're going to give you an extension because of this. Like, maybe he stays just on the current contract he's on, but I don't know that he's getting any more money just because Texas A&M might come calling. Listen, I, I think it's I think there are two separate conversations. I think there is the greater body of work of Ryan Day and whether that it deserves firing or allowing him to go to AM. And I think it's specific on this game because the reality is you let 10 point, there's a 10 point swing in this game, right? And actually more than 10 points if you look at it. One, um, my, uh, Kyle McCord's interception, your hand-picked quarterback, he uh, throws the interception early in the first quarter. That gives momentum to Michigan and really allows Michigan to dictate most of the first half because of that. And then to me, the bigger issue is the absolute nutlessness at the end of the first half yeah, where you've got, you got 45 seconds to go. It's fourth and short. And listen, I understand the fear here is Michigan had two timeouts and you're, you're kind of uh, close to midfield. So if you don't get it, man, all of a sudden that they might be able to go ahead and, and put points on the board there, or at least make you sweat a lot there. But see, that's the problem. That right there is the fear-based thinking that Ryan Day, and it happened. It was the same thing that happened in the the um, first round of the playoffs against Georgia. And in that moment, you're already in the deficit, like like I think you're already behind the eight ball because your quarterback, who you hand selected, threw the interception, which gave Michigan the ball, like at the doorstep to the end zone, and put them on the friggin' board. And you've got 45 seconds. And by the way. You had three minutes and 23 seconds on the clock when that drive started and you farted around and you took your sweet ass time. Like, what are you doing? Where's the sense of urgency? And, and you're not, you're not playing real quick. You're not playing fucking Rutgers. Okay. You're not playing Wisconsin. You're playing Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And he played in that moment. He played not to lose. And here's the problem with it. At no point is a college kicker, and Fielding has given you some good moments this year. He's also had a couple boners this year. So, like, at no point is this kid automatic from that far, and you just go, ah, well, I don't want to go ahead and take the risk on fourth and short when your team, when you've lollygagged to that point in the field, when your team actually looked like they were on the cusp of making a play. And so to then take the three, Michigan ices your kicker, and then BT dubs, your kicker goes out, would have made it on the first one, by the way. Then on the second one, the kicker misses it. That to me is just, what the hell are you thinking? How can you in this yeah. game? And Ryan Day, here's the biggest problem. Ryan Day says things during the week and then does the opposite on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And what he said this week, oh, we got to be aggressive. We got to be aggressive. We got to be aggressive. Zero aggressiveness in that moment. That's a moment where you can go into, even if you, listen, you're not guaranteed to get a touchdown from there. I understand that. One, you could have had a much easier path to three points if you speed up. Well, that, that's, actually... that's the key. That's the key for me. Is like when he when I noticed, when I realized what he was doing in that moment, where it was like, oh, we're not gonna, we're gonna let the clock wind down and we're going to take the field goal. I I, I tried to like scramble to look up, like, because they I I they hadn't talked about it quite yet on the broadcast that we're gonna get to it. So I was like, what is Fielding's like career long? Because I was like, mm -hmm. you're at the 34-yard line. It's not like you were at like the, the 15 or the 20, and it was like, okay, which then you would have tr probably tried to take a couple shots at the end zone anyway. But to settle for a field goal from 34 yards, you don't have fucking Justin Tucker out there 
Like it's a college kicker. You're you're 100. You don't right even there. have Billy Cundiff. Right. That and that, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I that was the thing that blew my mind about that whole sequence. Was like I guess I understood having the confidence in your kicker and being like, hey, we'll take the three and go into the half down one point. Okay. I don't hate that. And at face value, if you're a little bit closer, but it's the conservativeness given the position that you were in. They had dictated the entire first half. You had a shot to maybe get yourself a little bit closer. And instead of going for it on fourth down or whatever, or maybe being calling a different play on third down to get yourself in a, in a, in a get yourself the first down, you decide, you know what, we're just going to settle for a 52 yard field goal try. Like I, that, that blows my, my mind. I have no idea what he was thinking there. It's going to be the thing that we look back on the most. And, and I, cause I, I want to give some credit to him in the second half, because even with his team trailing, even with that blunder in the first half, yes, the second half, I thought he called his balls off from a play calling standpoint. Like he did a great job of putting his team in position other than the one drive that was a three and out. The other drives around that one were great. They were great drives. And the, the, the last drive had the makings of being a historic moment in this rivalry before Kyle McCord goes and, and, and farts and lets out a big old fart and just throws an interception. But I, I don't, I don't like when you, now that we have the context of how the game played out, you're right. Like you be more aggressive in that situation who knows how that thing works out, and it's a completely different ball game. Given that you you either get the three points because you're a little bit closer if you're more aggressive, or at the very least, or, or heck, maybe you get a touchdown and then you actually go into the half of the lead. I, I I can't explain it, and that's one of those moments, like I said, where I was sitting there saying, "Is this Ryan Day or is this actually James Franklin?" I had no fucking idea. Well, Radu on Twitter brings up a great point. The only reason they had the one timeout at the end of the first half is Ryan Day wasted two earlier in the first uh, the first half, and it was just like, you know, it's in this game, it is the little things, right? Like, I'll be honest with you, I I thought Sharon Moore didn't call a perfect game today either, despite the fact he had a lead for pretty much the whole damn day, or or at least was tied the whole damn day. Like when I wondered if seven. I wondered if Jim Harbaugh on that last drive for them, I wondered if Jim would have gone for it there, like just to try to ice the game, put it away when they had the fourth down and they set this. They got when mean, they went for the field. You mean when they were up seven? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like you had, and it was at the start of the the uh, the fourth quarter. You had that great over. Well, the top then too, play to then Donovan too. But I'm I'm talking about the last drive of the game for them where they kicked the field goal to go up six. I w- I was thinking like, oh, maybe they would actually go for. I thought they might put it in J.J. McCarthy's hands and just be like, hey, we're going to run like some sort of option play and give you a chance to just ice the game here. I thought I was wondering if what Jim Harbaugh would have done there, too. But yeah, well, both but I think downs. but real quick, I, for the reason why I pointed out the beginning of the fourth quarter for Sharon Moore is you just made that huge play with Edwards on the trick play to get down to the Ohio State 20. And you've got the seven-point lead, and they went run, short run, short run, and then that stupid screen pass on, I think, third yeah, and five yeah. that had no place in that game. And it's like, I really thought, like, okay, they gave you a moment. Like, there were two moments to me that, that in the second half, the other team gave um, – sorry, one team gave the other team a, a chance to, to, to get back into it. And – uh, to me, it was not being able to respond to the Blake Corum touchdown that really killed you late in the third quarter. Yeah. I thought you really gave Michigan a chance there. And n- that's not necessarily on Ryan Day. Like, if I remember correctly, that's the Emeka Abuka drop, which Kyle McCord led that kid into just ridiculous hit, which is great yeah. job out of Kyle McCord well, there. It was, it was a good throw in the right read, but he needed to throw it sooner. 
Like, that was the problem. He threw it too late. He kind yes. of floated it up there, and then he just got a, a, a Buka killed. It was ridiculous. Well, but that's uh, – but right there, like, this was always the catch-22 all year. It was, okay, the first catch-22 is your offensive line isn't very good, and you've got a, a quarterback that's not mobile. So that was the first catch-22. And over the course of the year, it became this push and pull of, because you weren't getting fast enough starts – you weren't really able to take any risks with McCord and build any trust. And you saw that, that push and pull of a tight ass coach and a kid that he didn't really have confidence in and a kid that in fairness did not have a lot of confidence in himself early in that game. And you saw that push and pull early. And I'll be honest with you. I think some people are going to frame because statistically the second half, Kyle McCord was a better quarterback or sorry, after what was it? The first 10 throws, he was a better, I think he went four for 10. And then after his 11th throw on the, the accuracy looks good It because he completed the right amount of passes. No, he had the, interception that was dropped that uh, I can't remember the Ohio Ohio State defender that knocked the ball out of McCord's hand or out of the uh, the Michigan defender um so he got lucky there and like I'll be I think honest it was Stover I think it was Stover it was Stover you're, you're correct I'll be honest the least objectionable throw or the least objectionable turnover type throw McCord made was the one at the end of the game because his arm got hit yeah. like like we can say, well, he underthrew it. No, no, no. His arm got hit. Like that happens to every great quarterback as well. It just happened that it was your last throw of the game. And it was actually a good read. If you want, uh, they showed the back angle and he was going for Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison kind of broke open on a, on a post and he mm-hmm. just had cleared. He probably needed to throw it a little bit sooner anyway, but he obviously was under pressure, but he had just cleared the the underneath defender. And so mm-hmm. I like what he was doing with it. But, yeah, he just got hit and he – like, whatever. I mean, and, and here's the other thing. The first throw, the first interception of the game – well, the, I guess the only interception of the game in the end. Oh, no, I guess it was the second one later. But yeah. um, the first interception, that like that was one of those, like, what the hell are you thinking moments from a court? Because the yeah. defender it was, was draped all was over. Draped here, yeah. He was yeah. draped all over Marvin Harrison. And, it, yep. and, and that was – like, Joel Klatt brought it up on the broadcast, and it's what we've been saying on this show all season, Nick. The guy can't read a defense. The yep. guy, like he kept saying, yeah, he's a one read type of quarterback. And when everything's there on the first read, everything's great. But when mm-hmm. he has to go through his progressions, it doesn't go well for him. And Michigan made him go through his progressions and it ended disastrously. Like that, that was the, the most egregious part of his game all season. It showed up today. And I do think as we had the conversation about who's holding back, who I think Ryan day was a hundred percent held back by Kyle McCord. Now that doesn't excuse Ryan day for the mistakes that he's made and not being aggressive because at the end of the day, no matter who you have a quarterback, this is, this is it. Like this is your season is on the line in this game and you either got to be aggressive and you got to go for it. Like you keep saying you're going to fucking do, or you're going to lose. And what happened? He didn't go for it. He lost. Like that's, that's what this game comes down to are those two things. The fact that Ryan day kept saying like at at some point you can't, a, a zebra can't change its stripes. Right. Ryan Day can sit there and say, I'm going to be more aggressive. I'm going to be more aggressive. You thought maybe he had seen the light after last year and based on what he showed you against Georgia in the playoff last year. Okay, well, guess what? You came out and you did the same ding again this year against Michigan. You peed down your leg. You didn't go for it when you had the moments to go for it. And here you are sitting again with another loss. You're one and three. And one, and now one of your losses is not actually against Jim Harbaugh. It's against Sharon Moore. And people are going to judge based off of that. Real quick. Um, cause I, cause I want to get to the Cooper thing as well. And I want to get to the McCord thing. Um, Ryan day is the guy that brought McCord in and, and let this job come down to Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. So 
like I, 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 it's crocodile tears when we say, well, I mean, Ryan day got let down by his quarterback. It's like, okay. I think we're all smart enough to know how college football works right now. And I guarantee you, if I throw out, Hey, what guy would you have wanted from the portal uh, coming off? You knew you were losing CJ Stroud to the NFL draft. Well, so it was no, there was no like, no, like, oh gosh, what happened? Like, and, and Ohio State, time and time again, has done things out of the best interest, right? Like they, uh, they, they, they went with Dwayne Haskins, and that forced them to lose Joe Burrow, right? They, um, I can't remember, was it? I can't remember who the quarterback was that they had the the high profile kid. Was it Emory Jones? And then they went out and got uh, Justin Fields because he mm. was the better quarterback. So yeah. like. Ryan Day, and then obviously by extension, Urban Meyer had done a great job of staying ahead of this. And this kid doesn't look like the quarterback of Ohio no. State. Well, and and he's I want like to back of Pitt or Boston College, yeah. or maybe even a real plucky ten-win ACC team, or maybe, gosh, he would be a heck of a quarterback for Wisconsin. But like in this offense, when you start to look at it, Ryan Day really hedged this whole this this season. When I say this season, I mean this game. He hedged it on. By the time we're ready to play Michigan, he'll be ready, or he might be ready. And unfortunately, every negative trait that we saw this year with a kid holding on to the ball too long, that one read thing you mentioned, the inability to move around, getting really, really, really happy feet when he felt yeah. any modicum of pressure. Every one of those things we called it out at the time. We're like. This is the one that scares you. Well, it, okay, it's good enough to beat Purdue. It's good enough to beat Wisconsin. So, like, in the end, guys, this isn't about McCord. And I just – I hate hitting a kid who clearly plays real hard and seems like a good kid. But it didn't have to come down to Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. And so this is where – this I, is I, back I, to the institutional yeah. failure of you knew who you had in McCord. It was – and by the way, you could have done it after the, the spring game. Because everybody came away from spring practice and spring game being like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This Kyle well, McCoy, I, I wanna, guy's I, a perfect option. I want to be clear, too, because I have generally given Ryan Day the benefit of the doubt when it comes to quarterbacks because since he's been here, it has been a – I mean, it has been just a uh, – Ohio State's been basically a quarterback goldmine for mm -hmm. NFL prospects. I mean, they've sent Justin Fields to the NFL. He's been a starter. Um, Dwayne Haskins obviously wasn't – obviously rest in peace to him, but he wasn't a great NFL quarterback, but he still got drafted pretty highly and was a considered a process, a, a good player at the time. And then you have CJ Stroud, who's tearing it up in the NFL right now. So I think he's generally hit on these guys. And so I kind of put my trust that that was one area where I did trust him. Like I was like, I trust Ryan day to get the most out of his quarterbacks and develop quarterbacks. That's what he's been brought here to do. It was what he did under urban Meyer. And it's what he's continued to do since he left. So I kind of was trusting him on that with McCord Clearly, we saw that wasn't the case. I also will say, and this does kind of fall, this falls in the organization and, and Ryan Day at the head of it at the end of it. But, and I brought this up to you. I don't know if I've said it on the show, but like when you think back to how this was supposed to play out, this was supposed to be a Quinn Ewers led team. Like mm -hmm. the plan was, the succession plan was CJ Stroud, you go to Quinn Ewers. And it obviously didn't work out that way because Quinn Ewers got the bag and then was like, all right, I'm going back to Texas. And I don't know, like, we'll never know the full story on how that all fell apart. Like, whether it was just Quinn Ewers going somewhere high profile first and trying to get money. And then, and part of it, too, was that he enrolled early. He let, he was one of those guys who left high school, like, after his senior season of, of or not, I think during his senior season and just came straight to Ohio State. 
Um, and then, or no, I think he left after his junior season was done, mm-hmm. started in the spring or late summer, and then started at Ohio State and basically skipped his senior season. Um, and like, so I think that sort of expedited the timeline because in theory, he would have been coming that next year. CJ Stroud would have been starting his second year, and then that would have bridged that would have paved the way for Ewers to take over now coming into the season. Well, but, but it like, didn't happen that like- way. Real quick, though, but that happens all the time in college football now. Yeah. Well, right. Like everybody has an heir apparent now that, uh, not everybody, but good, a lot of the great schools have an heir apparent. And like, I'll be honest with you guys, if we had said, if we go back to week two and we say, who would you rather have, Kyle McCord or Jalen Milrow? We're probably saying Kyle McCord at the time because Milrow didn't look like he could pass. But what did you see across the rest of the season? You saw development. And you should be able to ascertain when you've had a quarterback in your program for as long as Cal McCord has been here, whether this kid is just who he is or whether there's development there. And I'm not saying the kid can't develop further because that's not the point. The point is today's game. He was not the right quarterback. He's the right guys. And I hate to do this because it's, it's not him. It's Ryan day. Ryan day's decision led to Kyle McCord lead losing this game. And that's what's frustrating. You put a kid who was not ready for the moment in that game. And sure, a year from now, if he's better, everyone's going to say, oh, he needed that Michigan loss. Okay, but Ohio State didn't. And you didn't have to take this loss because what I thought the rest of the game proved outside of the two gigantic boners by Kyle McCord is that Ohio State was every bit as good as Michigan in every other facet. And that's what's frustrating. Everyone keeps saying – everyone played their ass off today. And real quick, I will say, to sort of put a bow on my Quinn Ewers-Kyle McCord conversation, part of that with him leaving the school and not having that air apparent, where I think the blame goes to to Ryan Day, to your point, is – yeah, you ended up sticking with Makai McCord when you could have gone somewhere else and looked for a better quarterback. You could have gone – like, the transfer portal is a thing now. Some schools are embracing it. Some schools aren't. Some schools are like, hey, yeah, it's like free agency. I'm just going to go pluck guys and bring them in. It is kind. Of, it has kind of become a bad thing in some regards because I'm sure there's a lot of kids who get promised things that aren't don't end up being true. But, like, this is the new way of college football. If you're not going to embrace By the way, that – that's not a new thing in in college. <laughs> true, right? Where, but, I, where but I'm saying, but I'm college, saying, these, like these recruits are yeah. promised things that don't come true. No, no, no. That's, that's actually fair. been happened before NIL or the transfer. Portal, <laughs> that's very fair. Just in but case anybody needed a, a slight reminder on that that's, one. Out that's there. very fair. But like, I I feel like with the transfer portal, it, it can be it can be difficult because I'm sure they get told by people, hey, we want you at our school, or oh, hey, we're gonna give you this, and then they enter the portal, and then they end up in like a worse situation. Like you don't. But any, but but my point, the point remains. That was where I think maybe there's a blunder by Ryan Day. Is like, okay, you didn't Quinn Ewers left, and your your heir apparent to CJ Stroud was we're just going to stick with McCord and we're going to be good. So that's where like, okay, you had other avenues and you didn't take those, and that's maybe where yeah you sit there and you blame the quarterback situation fully on him. And I will say to again, um, you're right. Like this this game proved everyone keeps saying that Michigan was the more physical team. I actually thought Ohio State played just as physical as Michigan today. Their defense was still very good. They, they they banked on not giving up the big play. And I just think it was like a few moments here or there where Michigan did out physical Ohio State or they made just a couple extra plays or they weren't as conservative as Ryan Day was. And that was the difference in the game. I mean, we saw that play out wholeheartedly. And kind of what you said there I think is really interesting. I thought I thought a turning point in this game could have been the – what was that? The first, the first drive the first after – The first drive of Michigan. the second half? 
the, the first drive of the second half after Michigan um, had to had to settle for three points. I wrote and this down. We, I'm, 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 I'm on the same point as you with this. I think they ran the ball and, eight straight times. Yes. And to me, what you saw was Ohio State, especially behind that offensive line, and it wasn't just Travion. It was uh, Chip Trainum as well. And it was just physicality, physicality, physicality. And it felt like that could have been a moment where, and I get it, you're pressed for time, you know, trying to to sustain that, but like you had the edge and I thought you became the more physical team. I thought it was punch for punch until then with maybe Michigan having a slight lead, not because the actual slight lead that they had, but you had that moment. And then it just felt like the rest of the game was okay. Well, we did that thing. And then unfortunately, because you didn't take the time yourself. And because that that drive after the quorum touchdown was kind of like a wet fart, it just kind of came and went and just everybody looked around awkwardly. Then that put Michigan in a position where they could just hammer time away, time and time. And then they were the one that got to instill physicality last. And I think it's shown time and time again in this rivalry, whomever really gets to make that physical statement last tends to win, even if they don't have the ball last. And I just think that in this kind of game, you know, I I thought the team was rallying behind that. And instead, obviously, you score, um, the quorum touchdown happens, the Zinter injury happens, and then it just felt like it was back to kind of, well, is Abuka open? Or can we throw him open? Or, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. needs a big score here. And Marvin had a great game for, what, five catches, 118 yards and a touchdown. Like, it just, like, it, on one hand, I can see saying to yourself, that was a hell of a game. They, it was punch for punch. Maybe they still get into the playoffs. Like there are a lot of, if this was the first loss to Michigan versus the third straight loss, I don't think I'd be as mad. But in this game, Ryan Day has to go into this game feeling the pressure of those last two losses. And instead he's sitting there looking like deputy, uh, deputy droopy dog on the, on the sidelines of just kind of a blank face and doesn't look to be in any way, you know, processing that, you know, the minutes are scarce in this game. The moments are scarce in Michigan had a lot of really good breaks early. Some of it because your quarterback wasn't ready for the moment. Also your problem. And then in the second half, you had to take the game. And, and by the way, that second half really begins with that last drive of the first half. And if you were going to win this game, you had to take it. The guys were ready. You could see the fight in this Buckeyes team. Oh, and I mean, maybe, maybe you got to give a little credit to Ryan day for that, but you you saw the yeah. fight. They were ready to take the game. Ryan day and Kyle McCord were not. And that's the difference. I think the narrative that we talked about a lot this year, where this team was like, the whole like battle tested thing and then Ryan Day going after Lou Holtz after the Notre Dame game and all that, like not being tough and all these things. I think that was on full display today. I, I give Kyle McCord credit for something. No matter how many mistakes he's made this season, no matter how many times things were like backs against the wall for him in the offense or whatever, he's always, aside from today, they've always found a way out of it. And they didn't like, there's been, there's been years, like the past couple years, Nick, you would see, Michigan would get a big, a bit, got one of those big play touchdowns, and mm-hmm. then it just unraveled on Ohio State. Like, like things just completely fell apart, and it was like, oh man, like what is going on? This team just quit. This year, that was not the case. Like that whole narrative about they were tough, they were mentally ready. I think we saw that on full display today. Again, I, I'm with you that I think some of that probably some credit does belong to Ryan Day for that. 
Um, and I do think Kyle McCord deserves a little bit of credit for that as well because he kept the offense composed. And even when they were trailing by double digits, he found a way to dig them out of the hole a couple times, make that a one-score game late. And, hey, the difference is he gets pressured. We don't get to see how that last drive ends. But, it, I, I mean, I, I went into that last drive, and after the, after the Fleming catch, um, which, by the way, can we give some credit to the refs? I, I know refs don't get a lot of credit, but I want to give some credit to the refs because as much as I thought the touchdown uh, Michigan had in the first half that looked like it was almost an interception, um, I, I, as much as I thought that should have been maybe reversed or changed or could have been, they consistently called the, the holding, getting the ball and getting a couple feet down and then if the ball comes out like three different times, those types of plays happen, and they called it all consistently. So as long as they're so calling it consistently, I can live with that. So I'll give the rest credit for that. But, yeah, I, I think there was moments in this game where you saw the composure was there for this team, and I think that was at least something you can, I guess, be proud of as Ohio State fans, that they didn't quit in this game like we've seen in previous years. But obviously it's not going to make you feel any better about the end result. What I can tell you about the referees are um, the only thing college referees can't do well is spot a football. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, they were, oh, we're going to give you three yards here. We're going to They drive, were bad. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and uh, they also take three yards the, away. They also missed an OPI on that key third down on Michigan's yeah, last drive. That, that actually is probably the best gripe you can have. But again, like – to me, I thought I thought any missed calls were equally atrocious. There was a, I want to say a holding call on was it was it that touchdown drive? There was a holding call against Ohio State that wasn't even looked at. They didn't even call it that I thought should have been called. So I do want to, you know what? We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but I do want to get to the um, the touchdown that was or wasn't it. And whether it should have been reversed to a, a Denzel Burke INT, that's next. 